Good morning, church family. It's uh, great to be here once again with you on this uh, week before Easter. And uh, we're just so thankful that uh, you're able to watch. Sending out love to all of our uh, seniors that are uh, kind of in shut-in mode right now. We bless you. We love you. We're praying for you. We think about you often. And uh, we're just so grateful that we can join together. Last week, we started a new series on the Lord's Prayer the master's master class on prayer. And uh, we only got through the very first petition. There are six petitions in the Lord's Prayer and we're all learning together how to pray more effectively because we have time, let's be honest, as we understand. You know, we talked about our Father, the fact that uh, God is calling us to intimacy last week and uh, wants us to learn to grow, that our relationship with Him moves from being a more formal relationship to a more uh, just loving, intimate relationship where we move from calling him father to calling him dad, to calling him papa, to calling him Abba. And uh, we found out that we need to learn how to hallowed his name because when we start prayer, that's the very first prayer. Our father, right, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name because we got to get our eyes off of ourselves. There's so many things that we're looking at in the world and so many distractors. We need to start prayer by praising God because it helps us to pull ourselves out of our situation, to look up to the one that can send his help into our lives. So this week, we're going to start the second petition, and uh, really, thy kingdom come. And uh, if you want to give this sermon a title, you can call it Reign Without Rival. And what does that really mean? What does it mean, thy kingdom come? You see, the central, last week we talked about the central revelation of the entire New Testament was the Father heart of God, that God wants to be our Father. But the central proclamation and the central demonstration of the New Testament is the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. I mean, you think about what Jesus did and you talk about Jesus and the kingdom, you start to see this incredible pattern. Jesus' first words spoken in the Gospel of Mark, uh, verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 14 and 15, he's, he's talking about, you know, he went around proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. He said, the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. I'm going to look at that scripture in just a couple minutes again. Jesus preaches the kingdom of God throughout his entire ministry. I mean, he's always talking about the kingdom. The kingdom of God is like. In all his parables, he starts off talking about the kingdom. Kingdom's like seed. It's like a mustard seed. It grows. It's, it's so tiny, but it becomes this large plant. He talks about the kingdom being like yeast. Once it gets mixed in, it'll work its way through the whole batch of dough. You know, even the Beatitudes, the central beautiful teachings of Jesus Christ, start with this idea of if you are poor, Blessed are you because the kingdom is yours. And it goes to the very end, the bookends of the Beatitudes. The very end says, listen, even if you get persecuted for the message, it doesn't matter because the kingdom is yours. Hallelujah. And so we're seeing Jesus talk about the kingdom. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added to you in this world. The kingdom is that important. Jesus declared the priceless nature of the kingdom. He said, it's like a treasure. A man finds this incredible treasure in a field it was hidden but he uncovers it and then he buries it again and he goes and he sells everything he has in order to buy that field to gain that treasure that's how important and how priceless and how valuable the kingdom is i heard a guy and i, I love what he said the eternal kingdom is worth far more than our flesh can acquire or desire wow what a statement whether you have the best or the worst in this life 
neither can compare to the supreme eternal value of the kingdom of God. That was a man by the name of Rodney Skiles that said that. Isn't that great? No matter what you go through in this life, no matter if it's the best of this life or the worst of this life, if you've got the kingdom, you are wealthy beyond measure. Well, what is the kingdom of God? First of all, we need to know that the kingdom is not just something that's for eternity. It's not just an eternal kingdom or else this prayer doesn't make sense. We're actually praying for the kingdom. Whatever the kingdom is, we're praying for it to manifest on earth as it is in heaven. So let's talk about what the kingdom of God is. The kingdom is really interesting to remember it this way. A kingdom is the king's domain, kingdom, the king's domain. Wherever the king has dominion, that is where the kingdom is being displayed. It's the place where God rules in this life and it's on display. So really, that's the very first thing you need to understand about the kingdom. It's God's reign or rule displayed. You know, we're praying for thy kingdom to come. We're asking for the reign of God into situations. And I love it. You know, just the thought that keeps coming to me is it's really asking for God's reign without rival. God, we want you to reign and we don't want you to have a rival to that reign. And so where do we ask for the reign of God? You know, the scriptures actually give us three specific places where we're to ask for the reign of God. Here's the first one. God's reign in the lives of people and ultimately in the lives of believers. Let's listen to a couple of these scriptures. 2 Corinthians 5, 15. If he died, if uh, he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and was raised again. Our lives are not our own, it says basically in 1 Corinthians 6. You were bought with a price, therefore honor God. It's talking about the reign of God coming into the life of the believer. You know, God is supposed to reign in the church. Reign without rival in the church. Listen to these scriptures about the church and God reigning. And God placed all things under his feet in Ephesians 1.22 and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. Listen to this one. Colossians 1.18. He's the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead that in everything he might have supremacy. God is to reign in the church. And lastly, God is to reign on the earth and the universe. I love this scripture. We read it in prayer the other day. It's awesome. First Chronicles 29, 11. Listen to this scripture. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power, the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Whoo, come on. God is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And so when we are praying, we are praying for the kingdom of God to come. We're asking for the reign of God to come into situations, into our life, into our church, and into our world. It's awesome. The kingdom of God refers to the dynamic reality of God reigning as the king. Beautiful. You know, let, let me jump back to Mark 1.14. I said I would do that. And I'm going to read it again. It says, After John the Baptist was arrested and taken into custody, Jesus went into Galilee teaching the good news of the kingdom of God and saying, The appointed period of time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. What does that mean? The kingdom is at hand. That word at hand is a very interesting word. It actually means it's just about to arrive, but it's also right here. 
In other words, it's saying it's present right now and it's still just about to come. So there's this understanding that the kingdom is now, but it's still coming. And, and so we understand that Jesus is saying, guys, good news, good news. The good news is the kingdom is open. God is open for business. And he's saying, this is what I've come to preach. It's what I've come to talk about. I've come to talk about the fact that God wants to come into your life and to bring his reign. And then it said, the time is fulfilled. Jesus is speaking, and it's very interesting. I've said this before to you, church family, you might remember. There's two words, Greek words, for the word time. And one of them is the word chronos. And the easiest way to remember chronos, it's tick-tock time. It's clock time. It's calendar time. It's measured by a space of time, a measure of unit. It's never slowing down. It's always moving forward. It's always driving. It's always demanding. It's always pressing. That's kind of the tick-tock time, the chronos time. But there's another word for time, and it's called kairos. And kairos is this like opportunity time. It's like something is invading into a moment of tick-tock time and saying, boop, pause, stop. There's an opportunity here. And, and this is the word that Jesus is using. This word of kairos. There's an opportunity about to happen. An opportunity for what? An opportunity for the kingdom of God to be expressed. An opportunity for God's rule to come into a situation. That is actually what Jesus is saying. He's saying, guys, listen, this is a Kairos moment. It is the opportunity of the kingdom of God, the reign of God to come into this moment. So really the kingdom of God is God's reign on display, but it's actually even more than that. The kingdom of God is also God's presence revealed. God's presence revealed. You see, this is the with God life. Hallelujah. The kingdom of heaven, Jesus said, would be within you. Guess who's within you? When you ask Christ to come into your life, when you invite him in, you've accepted that Kairos moment and you said, come into my life and reign as king. And I want you to understand this. The kingdom is never separated from the king. The king and the kingdom are one. That is amazing. So when you invite the reign of God, you're actually asking for the presence of God to manifest in your life. When I pray thy kingdom come, I'm saying, God, would you come with your presence? Would you come with the reign of God, but also with the presence of God into my life? Would you come into my family? Would you come into my neighborhood? Would you come into my church? Would you come into my community? Would you come into my province? Would you come into my nation? Would you come into this world? I need your rulership. Oh God, King of kings, come and reign right now in this time and bring your presence to bear upon this and upon us. That's why I love the Canadian National Anthem. I love it with all my heart. If you ever went to a hockey game with me and they start singing the Canadian National Anthem, I always sing this part loud, so much, so loudly that people begin to turn and look at me. You know the part I'm talking about. God keep our land glorious and free. Oh, Canada, we stand on guard for thee. Oh, Canada, we stand on guard for thee. God, keep our land glorious and free. It's a prayer. <laughs> Do you know the Canadian national anthem is a prayer? It's a prayer. We are crying out for the sovereign move of God. We are saying, God, reign without rival in Canada. 
God, keep our land glorious and free. Oh God, in this moment, how much do we need to cry out to God? Do we need to cry out to God and say, God, would you come and reign without rival, Lord, in this world right now? You know, where the rulership and the presence of God are revealed, the kingdom of God shows up on earth as it already is in heaven. You know, you can pray. You can pray for the prime minister in this hour. You can pray for our premier. You can pray for our mayor. You can pray for every person in position of power, authority. You can pray for the business owners who are under such strain and such stress today. Can, can I just pause for a minute in the middle of it? I just want to pray for, for our leadership in our world right now. I want to pray for our governance. I want to pray for the kingdom of God to be revealed. Can we pray with an attitude of appreciation and thanksgiving toward people? You know, there are times when I'm, I'm, I get upset at leaders and I don't honor them and I, that's wrong of me. God tells me to pray for a leader. So I'm going to pray together with you right now. Heavenly Father, we just pray right now for our Prime Minister, God. We pray that you will come into his heart and into his mind, that you will help him in this hour, that you will reveal yourself to him, Lord God. And I pray that he will turn his heart to you, Lord God. I pray that he will say, I need you to reign without rival right now in Canada. God, I pray for our Prime Minister. I pray that he will turn to you in this hour and cry out to you, not turn away from you and try to solve things on his own, Lord for he needs your help. I thank you for our, our premier, Lord God, that you will bless Jason Kenny, God, that you will give him wisdom, that you will surround him with your counsel, God. Let your kingdom come into his moments, God. We pray for Barry Turner, our mayor in Mournville. We pray for all the council members and the mayors of, of Sturgeon County, God, and, and of Bonacord, Lord God, and of Rochester, that you will give them wisdom in this hour, God, that they will cry out to you and say, God, come. I give you my life. I give you this thought. I need your wisdom in this hour. You know, I want you to understand church you can pray that way that's what it means to pray for the kingdom of God to come into these moments cry out to God and I just want to challenge our leaders in this world today cry out to God you need God in this hour you need God in this hour and he is longing and waiting to meet you and to meet your name needs you see the kingdom of God is an amazing kingdom you think about the manifestation or if Jesus came not only to the central proclamation of the New Testament being the kingdom of God, but it was also the central demonstration of the New Testament. Think about the things that Jesus did. He was demonstrating the kingdom. He brought healing. The blind, the lame, the oppressed, Jesus came to bring healing. He brought deliverance, setting captives free from sin and sickness and disease. Even COVID-19, if it was around, Jesus delivered all sickness in his day because the kingdom came. Think about the unity that Jesus brought because the kingdom came. You know, Jesus unites people that the world divides. Can you imagine that his apostles, two of his apostles were literally, they were like the violentest of enemies. One worked for the government. He was a tax collector. The other one was a zealot who killed tax collectors. And through Jesus Christ and through the kingdom manifesting, through the kingdom come, these two became brothers. <laughs> Jesus unites whom the world divides. Hallelujah. You know, you think about every tribe, every tongue, every language. You think about even in Jesus' day, do you understand that women weren't even allowed to go into religious places? They weren't even allowed. 
in Jesus' day, he exalts women. He lifts them up and says, you know what? You are an important part of the kingdom. I, I make you vital in this hour, in this moment. Jesus is an incredible liberator, and he does all these things. Do you know that he fills ordinary people with the Holy Spirit and anoints them to, to bring the good news of the kingdom all over the world? This is what the kingdom does. This is what Jesus did. You know, never mind the fact that he brought righteousness to be right with God, and that word can also mean justice. Do you know the, where the kingdom is, there is justice. How many of you know we need justice in this hour? We need justice in our world. You need justice in your families. You need justice in, in everywhere you look, the justice of God. God is longing to bring his kingdom to bear in this moment, church. He's longing for it. It's a kingdom of joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. It's a kingdom of delight. It's a kingdom of wonder and awe. That's a pretty good kingdom to bring into this moment. It's a kingdom of peace. A kingdom of setting us at one with God. At setting us at one with ourselves. At setting us at one with one another. How many of you know when you pray thy kingdom come, you are messing with the dynamite of heaven. This is awesome. What a prayer to be able to pray, to cry out and ask God to bring his kingdom. You know, my wife and I, along with all of you, I hope, have been increasing our prayer times and our prayer life and practicing what we've been talking about. You know what we, we just find every night when we spend that time together with God, we, we just stop and we say, you know, it's incredible the peace that we feel. It's a sense of, oh, it's all good. It's all good. Our situation hasn't changed so much, but I'm going to tell you there's something else showing up in the moments of it, an abiding peace and an abiding presence. Do you know, it's not that God gives us his peace, church. Listen to me. He is peace. And when we gather in his name, there he is among us, ministering and administering the kingdom of God to us. A kingdom of joy a kingdom of peace, a kingdom of wisdom, a kingdom of strength, a kingdom of courage. Whatever you need, the kingdom it can deliver that into your moments, church family. Hallelujah. You know, Luke 12.32 says this, Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Whew. Good news, Pastor Greg. Good news. God wants to reign without rival. He wants to bring his presence to bear. But if I'm going to be honest with you, what's the problem? Because God seems to be a very lousy ruler. No lightning. He seems to be a very lousy ruler. I mean, coronavirus seems to be running amok. Economies are shaking. People's livelihoods are shaking. If God's the ruler, what's going on? You know, if this kingdom is so amazing, what's going on? See, there's a third thing you need to know about the kingdom. Here it is. Not only is the kingdom God's reign and God's presence here and now, it is yet still to come. It is the ever-present kingdom that is still to come. You see, Jesus has come and the kingdom has come, but it's still to come. It's already, but it's not yet. <laughs> That's the kingdom of God. It's the already not yet kingdom. You know, Jesus, th this is pretty interesting. Jesus' first coming 
when he declares the kingdom of God. See, if you were a Jewish audience, if you were listening to this, do you understand that they understood intrinsically? For them, history is not just a series of random events. For Jewish thinkers, they understand that history has an end. It has a purpose. It has a destiny. It's all moving towards something. And they understood that thing to be the revealing of the kingdom of God. That's what they understood. So when Jesus said, the kingdom of God is here, the time is now, the time is here, I want you to understand that they were all going, yeehaw, Jesus is coming to enact the rule and the reign of God and to displace all other rulers. And we're going to see the kingdom of God come and and the Roman empire is going to be destroyed and yeehaw, we're going to reign with him. And so they were a little disappointed because Jesus came to reign in the hearts and lives of men. He came as the suffering servant, not as the king of kings. And he came to displace fear and worry within the hearts and minds of people. He came to change lives. That was his rulership. That was the first revelation. See, the kingdom was masked. It wasn't showing, but he revealed his kingdom. You know, there's an interesting scripture in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 8. Listen to this. In putting everything under him, talking about Jesus and the king, God left nothing that is not subject to him. Yet at present, we do not see everything subject to him. Because the kingdom has come, church. The kingdom has come, you beautiful ones. But it's still to come. It's still to be revealed. You know, that word presence is an interesting word all throughout the Bible. You know, we see this word, and parousia is one of the words, and it means presence or arrival. Uh, the appearing is the epiphania, the epiphania of God, the appearing. And the kingdom, boop, it shows up, it pops up. And when people yield to his leadership, it pops up, it shows up. And you know, the very last word is a very interesting word that terrifies most people, the apocalypse. Do you know what that means? It means the breaking through from hiddenness. Do you know what the apocalypse is? Jesus is going to come once and for all and for everyone. And they're all going to see the veil is going to come off. It's going to be torn. And Jesus is going to be ultimately revealed on the day of the Lord. I love this. A man by the name of Daryl Johnson said this. On that day, God will make visible to all people what is true already right now. The crucified carpenter is on the throne of the universe. That crucified one is now the king of kings. Bang, mic drop. Awesome. This is who God is, you guys. It's still being revealed. And you're saying to yourself, well, what is God waiting for then? Why is he waiting? What's the problem? And here it is. This is going to really shock you. You ready for this? He's waiting for us. The kingdom is available, but he's waiting for us. You see, listen very carefully. God has given us freedom to reign over our own lives without him. We are free to accept or to reject his rule and his presence in our lives. Everyone thinks God is so controlling. He's actually the least controlling being in the universe. He has given you power and authority over your own life. Do you know that every one of us has our own kingdom? We're all kings of our own domain. And when we pray thy kingdom come, what we're doing is we're inviting God to enter into our lives and to reign alongside of us. It sounds such a legalistic word. 
reign without rival. It feels so oppressive. It feels like Jesus is trying to control me. You know, it's interesting if you understand something. You know, when we say thy kingdom come, it's a very interesting word. As I was studying for this this week, I was looking at that word, thy kingdom come. It means to accompany, to appear, to enter, to grow. Do you know, to partner with. Do you know, we're asking God to come. What we're asking him is to come into our lives and to partner with us. (laughs) We're actually asking him to accompany us. We're saying, I'm going to bring my kingdom, God, and bring it into your kingdom And I want your help with my life. This is why I was asking Prime Minister Trudeau to cry out to God. Let him partner with you right now. Let him come to you. Let him help you to reign without rival. Think about your life in your daily decisions. You know, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like inviting the Father into a dance. And uh, you're saying, I need a dance partner right now. My life, you know, my life is too hard. I can't do this thing without you. You know, what's happening in the world today, we're all learning that we can't do life without God. I told the staff back in December, you know, I was thinking about the words, uh, you know, everything that can be shaken will be shaken, but the kingdom of God cannot be shaken. Man, are we living in a shaking time? And every one of us is trying to marvel and go at our lives and trying to hold things together and God's saying why don't you trust me and invite me in into this moment into your life why don't you do that instead of trying to fix and control everything why don't you invite God in would you take the lead is what we're saying God I I need to dance with you and I need a dance partner but would you take the lead I think we're afraid to ask for God's leadership in our life because we think we're losing something but actually we're gaining. If we only got it, we would say, you know, the kingdom of God is worth selling everything. There's nothing in this life that is compared to what Jesus can do and bring into my life. You know, there's a story of Jesus rebuking the religious leaders and rebuking the world because they were trying to live life without him. You can read that in Matthew chapter 11. He basically starts with this whole kind of tirade, woe to you, woe to you, woe to you. And he's warning them, don't try to do this on your own. And then he goes into this moment of prayer and it's incredible. He's actually praying his prayer. Check it out. It's really amazing. You can read it in Matthew chapter 11, starting at verse 25. Listen to this. At that time, do you know what the word time there is? Kairos. (laughs) At that time, at that moment, he saw an opportunity. Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden, you've kept things secret from these wise and these learned ones, but you've revealed, you've taken off the veil to little children, Lord God. Father, for this is what you were very pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Father except the Son, And no one knows the Father except me and those whom I choose to reveal him to. You know, God wants to be uncovered in this moment, church. He wants to be revealed. And then he goes on and he invites people. Listen to this. Listen to what he does next. I love it. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me, upon you, and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. He is not a tyrannical ruler, church. (laughs) He's a gentle, kind, amazing life partner 
And that's what you're inviting when you invite the kingdom of God in. You know, stop trying to do life on your own. That yoke is an interesting word, and you've heard me share this before, but it's that picture of two oxen that are pulling together. And you know, they could take a yoke and they put it on the necks of the two oxen and they pull, to oxen and they pull together, but one can take the greater weight. They can adjust the yoke so the stronger one takes the greater weight. How many of you know I'm so weak that I need Jesus to take the greater weight right now? I can maybe carry half a percent. He's carrying 99.5%. And he's saying, are you doing okay? Is that, is that too much weight? Can I take a little more off you? That's God. This is our ruler that we're yoked with. Wow. I think about this. You know, Jesus didn't bring this virus into this world. And I know that for a fact because it's counter the kingdom. The kingdom of God is about healing and deliverance. God would not bring this. But he's actually waiting for the world to cry out to him in this hour. He's saying, if you will but cry out to me, then I am empowered to move on your behalf. So we get to do that, church. You know, we need to ask God to bring his reign into this moment. We ask him to bring his presence into this moment. You know, the posture of the kingdom is not a posture of being slumped. You know, God will take care of it. No, no, no. It is, it's relaxed, but it's not slumped. It's poised, but it's not tense. It's alert, but it's not fidgety. That's how you pray, church. Because you're with the king. Listen to what we're doing. We're asking God to hasten the day when his kingdom will be present in his fullness. Reverse the distorted mess of humanity in my life without you. Come into my life. Come into this world. Come into the family of God. Come into the, the communities that we live in. God, come and bring your kingdom to bear. It's a beautiful, powerful prayer. Church, listen, the storehouses of heaven are overflowing. And it's not that God is a hoarder. <laughs> it's that we haven't asked for help. We have to ask. He's longing to pour out his kingdom, but he will not usurp your reign. He will not usurp the reign of humanity. He's turned the world over to us, and he's saying, if you want my help, you can ask, and I will come into that moment, and I will make that moment a kairos moment, an opportunity for the kingdom to manifest. What a beautiful prayer. You see, church, we have no control whether the world will turn to God in this moment. We have none. I believe many will, but I do know this. You have control whether or not you will turn to God in this moment. You can do that. You can cry out to God. You know, the Bible says that you are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. And you know, you are heirs of the kingdom. And you're not going to need that. You're not going to need your, your inheritance one day when you get to heaven. You're to spend your inheritance now. <laughs> That's what you're to do. Access your inheritance through prayer. God, bring joy, bring peace, bring wholeness, bring wisdom. Access that inheritance, church through this incredible prayer. Fill up your prayer bowls so that God can pour out the answers upon earth that are already happened in heaven. You know, there's a, the incredible prayer that I want to challenge us all to think about this week, Second Chronicles 7, you know it. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek, crave, and require by necessity my face and turn from their wicked ways, then they will hear from heaven 
I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. Wow. Even if the world doesn't turn, if but the church turns in this moment. And you say, well, what's my wicked ways, Pastor Greg? It's trying to do this without God. You're moving into self-protection. You're moving into hoarding. You're moving into, I'm not going to give. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to protect my family. Come on. Now is the time to live like the kingdom. To be generous with your love. To be generous with your life. To bless others. To encourage people. When they look at you, they see hope. They see peace. They see joy. They see justice. Because the kingdom is living in you. He is in you. That's what he's asking us to do, church. To pray. To require by necessity his face and his presence. What a beautiful prayer to be able to pray. To say, Holy Father, come reveal your kingdom. We need you, Lord, in this hour. We need to pray. And God, if we will but do that, if my people, if you and I, who are called by his name, marked by his love, if we will but seek his face, he's going to heal our land. What a beautiful, powerful thing. Church, listen to me. Come just as you are. If you don't know this king yet, you can come just as you are. You can find rest for your souls. You can yield your life to the king and say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. I need the king of the kingdom to come in. And I need the peace of the kingdom to reign right now. You can trust God right now. You can believe God. You can yield to God. And you can rejoice in God. He's a good king. Let him come into your life. Let him partner with you today. You are loved. We're here. We're praying with you. Believing for the kingdom of God to manifest in this hour in a greater way. God bless you. God bless your week. Look forward to seeing you Good Friday and Easter Sunday. Pray for people. Pray for our nation. Amen.